So, aloha kakahiaka everyone. Good morning to you and uh, what a joy it is to hear the church and fellowship and greeting one another. Uh, boy, I tell you, that's so good. Um, today, there is a lot to celebrate. I mean, a lot of stuff to celebrate. I missed the opportunity the last time I was with you, two Sundays ago, to highlight a celebration kind of for me personally, in that a year ago on January 31st, anybody remember that day? It was a Sunday morning. Greg, you should remember that day. (laughs) It was the day the church voted to call me as pastor. And uh, I forgot to mention that two weeks ago. And... And uh, it, was a, it was a life-changing day in my life, that's for sure. And I want to celebrate that, um, that since then, the Lord has been working beautifully, and I'm so grateful for that. Today is Valentine's Sunday, because tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Today is also Super Bowl Sunday. Are you guys excited for the Super Bowl today? Wow, that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> Everybody's more excited about being in church, Amen. Yeah! <laughs> Today we got to celebrate the dedication of Kainoa, which is fabulous. And um, there's just one more thing to celebrate. Hang on for me, just one second. One more thing to celebrate right here. Um, there you go. Oh, there you go. I gotta learn to put this on better. I don't know how to put this on. Oh my goodness, there we go. Oh, I see. You got to put the arms in first. Now, I want you guys to know that some of you think that this was a rigged thing, right? And I assure you, as Janet and Greg, as, as my witnesses, was this rigged at all? Not at all. And so, if it's okay with you, I'm going to preach in the... No. <laughs> Oh, but that was so much fun. And hey, let's give Janet and her crew a great hand. That was amazing. I had so much fun. And I'm just sad that I couldn't stay uh, for the whole thing. Rochelle and I um, went to the airport because, as you, most of you know, we, we traveled to Hawaii. And I spoke at a pastor's retreat last week. And, and I'm so grateful for Pastor Bob who came and preached an amazing message. I got to listen to it online. And so I'm, I'm so thankful for that uh, opportunity to have people in the church that can bring God's word that way. This past uh, Tuesday at staff meeting, um, we do a regular review of the Sunday morning service. And um, as I was asking the staff, how did everything go on Sunday? What were the good things? What things could we work on? Pastor Jeff, who is at, uh, he's leading a retreat for our college students today. Pastor Jeff when I asked, you know, what are some of the good things? This is what he said. He said, well, we finally got to hear a really good sermon. <laughs> so uh, Jeff doesn't know this, but next Sunday, we're planting a brand new church in Akatilo, and I've appointed him as the new pastor there. <laughs> oh, that was good. I, 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 I thought that was hilarious, and it was fun. Um, But I'm truly grateful for the staff that God has given our church. Um, So today, obviously, is Super Bowl Sunday, right? And uh, and any any anybody think the Rams are going to win? Anybody? Little little applause for the Rams. Let me hear it. Okay. How many people think the Bengals are going to win? 
How many people are going to go shopping today? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, you know what? I can just throw this sermon away because uh, what I was going for um, may not be applicable today because maybe our hearts are already in the right place. We'll see. But the Lord has given me this message and maybe it's for you online, okay? <laughs> um, are there any true Rams or Bengals fans here in the service? And right here? Oh, okay. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Dang. Woohoo. It's so good to see that. I'm, 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 I'm thrilled. <laughs> and, and when you love your team, right? You're, you're a fan. You wear the gear. You, 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 you know, you support your team um, wildly. And four years ago, not four years ago, many years ago, I lived for four years in Kansas City, and thus the Royals jersey. I don't know if you guys know, but I used to play for the Royals. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's Alex Gordon. He was the second baseman there. And a good friend of mine, Fred Toomey, Fred, if you're watching, thank you for the jersey. Um, he bought me this beautiful jersey, and it's, since it's Jersey Sunday, it's the only jersey I own, so I'm wearing it. Which is kind of funny, because there are more baseball jerseys in the crowd than there are football jerseys. But... Um, uh, when I lived in Kansas City for those four years, the people in Kansas City, they love the Chiefs, right? I mean, uh, yeah, so some Chiefs fans here even probably, but, and they show their love in so many ways. And now I moved to San Diego after the Chargers had already left. So it may have been like this with the Chargers when they were here, but in Kansas City for the four years that I was there, it was this obsession with the Chiefs. Um, everyone on that Chiefs Sunday when football season, everyone wore red or gold, and they all had jerseys. And every week was Jersey Sunday uh, in, 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 when I was in Kansas City. People flew the flags on their homes and on their cars. Um, they had billboards, you know, with all Chief paraphernalia. It was just crazy. I mean, the whole town, all of Kansas City loved the Chiefs. And in those four years, I got to go to one preseason football game the first year I was there. I went to many Royals games. Now, the Royals really are my favorite baseball team. I grew up really in, uh, liking uh, George Brett, who was my favorite player when I was a kid. But um, when you're in Hawaii, the region doesn't matter. You, you just pick a team because you're in Hawaii. There's no football team or baseball team there. But uh, when, when I got to go to one preseason football game. And, um, and I found that there was another way the city loved their chiefs. And they expressed it when they sang the national anthem, right? So at the end of the national anthem in the crescendo, um, i got to look at my notes. <laughs> the, the, the words uh, in the national anthem say, O'er the land of the free and the home of the... And then the normal words is brave, right? Now... 69,999 fans, instead of saying Braves, brave, screamed Chiefs, right? And there was one Chinese guy that said, Briefs. <laughs> and so we were the home of the Briefs for that one Sunday for me. It was hilarious. Um, I, share, I share that hilarious story with you because America loves its football, right? It's our national sport. 
And Super Bowl Sunday is practically a national holiday right now, right? Everybody's celebrating it, except for the people here at Mission Church who have their priorities aligned so well. I love it. <laughs> and um, and, and if, if you're a, a sports fan, which I am, you know, um, I, I get it. We, we love all kinds of things, our sports, our hobbies, some, you know, these things are, are so much fun to get behind and get involved in, and, and, and I get it. I love it. But when we invest so much of our emotion and our time, our finances, our energy into something like sports, or let's just use today as football, right, the Super Bowl, people will pay thousands of dollars to go and see the game. And they will travel, you know, to, to Los Angeles where the game is being played and, and, uh, and, and come from all over the country and, and they're so invested in it. And they go and experience it. But let me ask you, tomorrow at this time, what does it matter? What does it matter that, that, that whatever team had won in the big, grand, huge scheme of life? that impacts your life and my life. What, is it, what does it matter? That, that Super Bowl happened, right? And, and one team won and another team lost. In fact, I would, I would guess that barely half the people in this room could remember who won the Super Bowl last year. I remember, but I bet half of you don't. And I bet that percentage even goes farther and farther down to remember who won the Super Bowl two years ago. <laughs> now we all know. Thank you. <laughs> or who won, who won the World Series that just happened? Uh, some of you do. But, but most of us, we have no idea. And, and I, 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 I share that. Because what I want to talk about today as you guys can see, the message of my, mess, my, my sermon is a love that matters. And, and we love so many things that sometimes doesn't bubble up to what really matters in our world today. We, and I, trust me when I say this. I'm not telling you not to enjoy the game or, or not to have fun at the Super Bowl party that you're hosting today. That's not my message today. I hope you hear what I'm trying to say today that I think the Word of God today in today's message calls us to enjoy those fun things that we enjoy, but to raise up the level of our love for what really matters. And so I want you to hear that message today. Because I love, I, I enjoy all kinds of fun things. Those of you, are, you guys are getting to know me, right? I love Ultraman. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm so grateful. When I preached that Ultraman message, uh, a couple of the young adults got me an Ultraman shirt. And, and every so often, I wear it under my, my shirt that I wear on Sunday just as a, a, a way to say thank you <laughs> to them. Um, I, I enjoy playing golf. I, I really love fishing. You know, I mean, we can say that kind of things. But what does it matter? What does it matter? And so today... I, the passage of scripture that I, I'm sharing with you from Philippians, because we're still going through Philippians, calls us to raise up what really matters. And so let's turn our attention to what really matters. The Apostle Paul 
prays a prayer in Philippians chapter 1 for the church in Philippi. And it fits with today being Valentine's Day because he calls the church to a greater love for something really more specific. And, and hear the word of the Lord today in Philippians chapter 1, beginning at verse 9. I think the, the, the passage up here, if you have your Bibles, let me encourage you to bring your Bible to church on Sunday. Or you can open it up in your phone. But hear the word of the Lord. And the Apostle Paul says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of God for us today. The Apostle Paul prays for the love of knowledge and the depth of insight to grow and abound in the church there in Philippi. What a great prayer. What a great prayer. When was the last time you prayed for for something to grow, this love to grow in knowledge and the depth of insight? Because that matters, right? Loving that makes a difference tomorrow. It matters. And so, um, I want to talk about the word that the Apostle Paul uses here for the word love. Many of you who've been in church for a long time have heard sermons about the different kinds of love and the different depths of love. And I want you to know that the word that the Apostle Paul uses here for love is the word agape. Right? And some of you, oh yeah, I've heard the studies of agape before. Now I'm not going to go and talk about the different kinds of, of love that there are in the Greek language. He's not talking about a romantic love here. He's not talking about a love of his favorite football team <laughs> or not even the brotherly love of two, two people. He's talking about agape. And this agape love, this, this love that the Apostle Paul uses here is what matters. This kind of love matters. Agape love is not concerned with self. Okay, so often when we talk about love, it's the things that I love, right? This is what I love and, and, and this is what it matters to me. Agape turns that around. And what we love is not so much something that concerns me, but agape love is concerned with the greatest good of others. And that's why it's raised up as the highest form of love. Hear me when I say this. It's not an easy love. It doesn't come to us naturally, this agape love. It requires a a kind of commitment that that, that it's not easy to come by. And it's hard to find. It calls us to faithfulness in a way that sometimes is not natural to us. It, It calls us to sacrifice without expecting anything in return. This is the hard agape love that... Paul is talking about here and he's, he's praying for this beautiful ethic, this, this love that is above other loves it to, to abound and grow in the life of the Philippian church. 
And that's what he's praying for, that their knowledge and their depth of insight will grow. And there's a, a, a result of this prayer. He says, I pray this for you. And look at this. So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. To be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Church, I want you to know the result of this love matters. Loving this makes a difference for tomorrow. Tomorrow morning when you wake up and this is growing in your heart and in your life, that makes a difference in this world. It makes a difference for you and for the people around you. And that's what the Apostle uh, Paul is praying for, for the church in Philippi, for this love to abound. But this love that he's talking about and what is to abound in them is specific. He, he says the knowledge and depth of insight. But the knowledge and depth of insight of what? And if you look at Philippians chapter 1, there's this beautiful recurring word that shows up again and again and again. And if, and, and if you just read it casually, you may miss it. But the Apostle Paul uses this word eight times in the four chapters of Philippians. Five of the eight times is found right here in chapter one. And that word is the gospel. This beautiful word, the gospel, um, is what the Apostle Paul is referring to, that the church there grow in their knowledge and their depth of insight to what the gospel means and how that gospel makes a difference and impacts their lives. The gospel, that word gospel we know is the good news of the saving message of Jesus Christ. That is what the gospel is. And the Apostle Paul prays for this church in Philippi for their love of the gospel to abound and to grow because the message of the gospel matters. The gospel, word gospel in Greek is euangelion. That's the word euangelion. And it translated means the glad tidings of salvation through Christ Jesus and the proclamation of the grace of God in Christ. The proclamation of the saving message of Jesus Christ and church, I want you to know that loving the gospel matters. And my message for you today, my message for me, for all of us, is that we would raise the love, that the prayer that Paul prays, that the love would abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight for what the gospel means for you and for me. Because Understanding the fullness of the gospel makes an impact for all of us. It changes our perspective on life. You know why? Because the gospel gives us a perspective, not just of what is happening now, but it broadens our perspective to see life in light of eternity. Because that is what the gospel brings to us. And when we look at life 
in light of eternity and this beautiful saving message that comes with the gospel, it changes our perspective completely on what is going on in our life today. And you know all the hardships that are right here in front of us that we've been facing for the last two and a half years? Well, I want to tell you something, church. They're temporary in light of the gospel. And when we get all wrapped up around all of the struggles that we face on a daily basis, we lose sight of what Paul is praying for our love to grow and abound more and more in. Because I'm going to point back to Paul's life. And I'm going to just show you how Paul not only prays this and teaches this, but how he lives it as well too. Oh, this is so good. I want you to know that the gospel doesn't change the hardships in life. We all suffer and struggle with different hardships. I've been praying for the church. I I come at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning because there's a group of people that come and pray in the morning to pray over this place, over our parking lot, pray for all of our Sunday school classes. We pray for the Mission Nazarene Preschool. And if you ever write a prayer request down, we pray for you. And so here's my open invitation to you to come at 8 a.m. to join us in prayer. Because I believe that if on Sunday morning our courtyard is filled with 100 people praying, this place will never be the same again. Join us in prayer. So the gospel doesn't change our hardships. We all have them. We we struggle with them. But you know what the gospel does? It subjects the hardships and the sufferings we face to being simply temporary because the gospel is eternal. And our struggles then become temporary. And when we understand that this COVID thing is <laughs> just a blimp in time in light of all eternity. Well, maybe it's not something that we need to just uh, lose our minds over. Maybe it's just something that, that we need to ask God to help walk us through it. And when we get on the other side of it, we can point back and say, look at what God has brought us through. Because that's what Paul does. When you look at the Apostle Paul's life, Boy, talk about a person who experienced hardships in life, right? I mean, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And Paul lays out a laundry list of all of the difficulties and all of the hardships and all of the struggles that he went through. But you know what the banner above that passage of Scripture says? Paul boasts about his hardships. (laughs) It doesn't say Paul complains about it. Paul boasts about his hardships and, and, and this is what he's boasting about. It's right here. Look at this. I, I have worked much harder, have been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. He says, five times I've received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. 25, uh, verse 25 Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. 
I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at the sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, have gone without food, and I have been cold and naked, and besides everything else this is where agape comes in his love for others I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches (laughs) and is Paul complaining about any one of these things no you know what he's doing he's boasting and bragging that God has got me through all of this. All this is all temporary. What's eternal is the gospel. It's the message of Jesus Christ that saves me and that saves you. Now, in this entire laundry list that the Apostle Paul could easily complain about, I'm going to pick just one thing. And the thing that I'm picking is one small thing. I'm not going to pick I was left out in the open sea for a whole day and a night. That would be terrible, right? And I'm not going to pick that that I was almost killed or stoned to death. I'm going to pick one thing, the word hunger. Something you and I are a lot more familiar with, right? Have you been hungry lately? I'm not myself when I'm hungry. You guys ever hear that in a Snickers commercial? (laughs) When I'm hungry, you know what I do? I complain, and I whine, and I'm not as productive as I normally could be when I'm hungry. And you know, maybe that's you too. One thing I don't do is I don't brag about being hungry and thank God for my hunger. But that's what the Apostle Paul does here. And I think this is what happens when our love for the gospel abounds and we understand the gospel and the knowledge and the depth of insight begins to change our perspective on our problem. I could use an adjustment in that. Maybe you could too. And instead of complaining, the Apostle Paul boasts, look at what God has got me through. Look at what God has done for me. Now, I'm going to jump back into Philippians, right? Paul prays this prayer for the church in Philippi that their love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight. And so that, and he lays out why. And then beginning at verse 12, he shares his testimony. He talks about what his life, how his life has been impacted as his love for the gospel has abounded. Listen to what he says to the church in Philippi. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And as a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. 
Now, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here in the cha- uh, put here for the defense of the gospel. There we have the gospel again. The former, they preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But look at this. This is amazing. This is, what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. Wow. And because of this, the Apostle Paul says, I rejoice. And yes, I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, that what has happened to me will not Will, will turn out for my deliverance and I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body whether by life or by death. And now listen to verse 21. For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. That is an abounding love for what matters, the gospel. And when what, what we love really, really, really matters, as the gospel does to the Apostle Paul, that's when you're willing to give your life for that, as he does. And do you know where the Apostle Paul gets this from? Do you know where the Apostle Paul derives this, this love for something greater than himself? This agape love that he would give his whole life away for that what matters? Do you know where he gets that from? From Jesus. Because that is exactly what Jesus does. To Jesus you matter. You matter so much that he loved you to death. And that's the gospel, folks. And that's what I pray that we can abound in our love for. So, hear the prayer of the Apostle Paul one more time. And may it be a prayer Not just for the church in Philippi, but for Mission Church as well. My prayer is that our love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that we may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Praise the Lord. My prayer is that that we transition what we love in this world from the things that don't matter to what really matters. And what really matters, you know how you can know what really matters? Is if that is transforming in our lives. Now, I was blessed to know that not 
everybody is excited about the Super Bowl here today. <laughs> I thought we would be raging fans, you know. But this is my first year here, so excuse me because I'm wrong. And, um, and I'm grateful to know that our hearts are in the right place. To, to really put our focus into loving what truly matters so that tomorrow morning when we wake up, who cares who won the Super Bowl? The people who play do. But I care more that the people I love and that I care for know Jesus Christ. So let's pray that our love for the saving message of the gospel of Jesus Christ would abound more and more in us. That we would love the gospel so much that we would share it with our lives, with our lips, what we say and how we live. And even when we come into times of hardship, we would reflect what we love the most. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, on this Valentine's Day, grow in our hearts. Abound in us, Lord God, the ability and the discernment, Lord, to love what matters. And I pray, Lord God, that if we have never even thought about what it means to love the gospel, that we would consider that today. To love the saving message of what Jesus Christ has done in me. This abounding grace and forgiveness that leads to an eternal perspective so that when we see our world and the hardships and the tragedies, we know, Lord God, that's all temporary in light of the gospel. Help us, Jesus. Help us to love your gospel more and more every single day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.